0: If you open your Bibles to the book of Acts, beginning in verse three, amen. Look what he says. And he was traveling and it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get up. He says, get up and enter the city. And I and it will be told you, watch this, watch this, what you must do. There's something right now that you must do that you haven't been doing. It's time to step up. It's amazing to me who God chooses to do his work. When I look through scripture, I see that all of the major characters all have some type of flaw. (laughs) Amen. All through scripture, we find that God never uses the people that you would think, amen, would ever be used by God. And it tells me that We, as people, we don't really know ourselves. We don't really know that the future may hold great things for us. We have to envision this. Because if we don't envision it, we will look at our current condition. And we will make an assessment about our lives that's incorrect. Last week I told you about Saul, a man who had bad intentions. He was a persecutor of the church. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a a man who was on a seek and destroy mission for Christians and on the way to his, hallelujah, to his destination, God had another plan. Come on somebody, turn to your neighbor and say, God had another plan. You know, you may be planning, you ever, you ever, that ever happened to you? You're planning one thing and listen, you have everything, you have your bags packed, you're ready to do, you're ready to go in one direction and then God shows up with another plan. And isn't it amazing that the things that we don't know about ourselves, God knows about it and it's amazing to me how the plan that God has, it always sits me, it's tailor made for me. I wish I had somebody. And what I found out is that Saul was a man that was trained a certain way. And God needed that kind of man so that he could use him to be determined, watch this, so that he would carry out the mission that he had for his life. Listen, I want to say something to you this morning. Everything that you're going through right now is not an accident. Every trial, every disappointment, everything that you have experienced is not an accident because God is using that, watch this, for your destiny. He's using it so that when you ultimately fall into your purpose... Come on, somebody. When you fall into your purpose, you will not have to be trained in some things so that you can get right to work for the Lord. Do I have anybody? And so you're saying, well, the reason um, I am the way I am is because of what has happened to me throughout my life. And it's it's been rough. It's been tough. But I want to say something to you, saints. God takes your brokenness and he uses it. Hallelujah. Not just for development, but he uses it for his glory. And what Satan wants us to do, he wants us to stay focused on the brokenness when God says, I will take the brokenness and I would use it for my glory and for your gain. Do I have anybody? And so we find that he was, you know, Saul, he was running his own life, but God had another plan amen he was zealous for the wrong reasons but God had another plan come on somebody he was headed for destruction but thank God that he had another plan if it had not been for Saul one third of the Bible would not have been written come on somebody the church would not be where it is today watch this watch this watch this he was the preacher to the Gentiles he was the one that God had chosen from the beginning of time in his mother's womb. See, don't judge me by what you see. Watch this, God knows my character. And listen, you may say, well, he's no good, but I want to say something to you, God sees good in everyone. And so what we find in scripture, we find that we, we find that he's on his way and he's, he's about to persecute these people, but God had another plan. And so the question today is, are you convinced that God may have another plan for your life? Or are you comfortable living on the sidelines of life? What you will discover is your comfort zone is where God will meet you where you need to be. I found out about comfort zones. That it's right there is where God will meet you. And God will meet you there to move you because he has another plan for your life. I wish I had somebody. The question today is, are you willing to step up and live out the plan that he has for you? In our passage, we find we pick back up in verse, uh, back in verse 5. We already saw that in verse 4 that Saul had fallen to the ground. And the Bible says he heard a voice. I told you last week that he was in darkness all of his life. You see, when you're in darkness, it's difficult for you to understand or realize or even recognize the light. And a man that is in darkness will never live out his purpose because he will always run himself into destruction. And so I told you that he lived in darkness all his life. I told you that he had to fall so that God could get his attention. May I say something to you? Thank God for my fall. Come on, somebody. Thank. How many of you are grateful that you fell? <laughs> Come on, somebody. You were headed... In the wrong direction, with wrong intentions, and God had to get your attention. Now, if He hadn't gotten it yet, see, some of us we're we're a little stubborn, Amen. We come on, somebody, listen. We want to make our own decisions, but God has another plan. I told you, not only did He did He have to fall so God could get His attention, but I told you one other thing that He had never listened before. That he had, never listen, God is speaking all the time. He's speaking through general revelation. And he's speaking through special revelation, which is, his, which is the word of God. And what you will find, saints, is that when God is speaking, sometimes we're not listening. Amen. Or we don't want to hear what he's saying. And so we find, I told you, not only that, but he was an enemy of Jesus and the church, but God had another plan. And it's interesting to me that God would take an enemy and turn him into a friend. Come on, somebody. And if God could do it for Saul, he can do it for you. If God can change Come on, somebody. A man like Saul, you say, I can't be changed. Yes, you can. God has a way of getting your attention so that he can change you. And so we find in verse 4, he fell to the ground. And and then Jesus asked him the question, hey, man, why are you persecuting me? Now, I told you last week that when 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 you touch one of God's children, Oh, I wish I had somebody. You're messing with Jesus because you are a child of God. And as a child of God, the enemy wants you not to understand what you have available to you. And so why should we step up? What what, what do I see here in this passage today? Let's look at verse five. He says, who are you comma you see the comma lord he says who are you lord now it's very significant that you look at that because the one thing i want to tell you about Saul because of his darkness he couldn't recognize the voice So the first thing I want to tell you, first point I want to give you is that he was curious because of his crisis. And the question that I have for you is this. Could it be that the reason you're still standing on the sidelines, amen, because you're still in curious mode? Because the word that he used for Lord is not the word that we use for Lord. The word Lord there, it's supposed to be Kurios. That means Master, Savior. But Paul uses a word, Amen, Kyrie, which means Sir. In other words, he was addressing someone in power. You see, he had fallen, but he had not yet recognized the divine voice of Jesus. He could not recognize Jesus. And I believe that the only way that we're going to step up is if we get out of curious mode. Come on, somebody. And we get into... Christ like mode and we make Jesus Lord of our lives. You see, you see, you see, all he did was addressed him with respect, but it was because of his crisis that he was able watch this to address him like that. And I want to say to somebody here, he wasn't convinced that Jesus was real yet. And the question I have for you this morning, amen, is has your crisis brought you closer (laughs) or has it clouded your vision of who he is? Because if you stay in curious mode, hallelujah, you will never step up if Jesus does not become Lord of your life then it's difficult to serve him and it's definitely hard to step up. And so what does that lordship mean? The lordship here means that he's ruling me. Now, had he he addressed him as kurios, it would have meant that he knew something about Jesus. But what Paul Saul was confused and sometimes we're confused when we hear the voice of God. We're we're confused whether or not it's, yeah, Lord, it's a person of influence or it's the Lord. And sometimes we give the wrong respect to the wrong people. Come on, somebody. And oftentimes we will respect our boss. Hmm we respect the authorities, but we won't respect the Lord. We won't respect the things of God. Come on, somebody. And I want to say this to you. Here he is, and he's curious. He says, he says, who are you? Isn't that something? May I ask you something? Who was it that changed your life? Who? Who was it? How did you get here? Come on somebody. And when we stop when we stop f- believing that we put ourselves in the inactive mode. We're inactive in our transformation. We're we we're, we're inactive in our yeah in our moving forward with our lives. We're, we 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 we're, we're just waking up every day with no purpose. We we're, we're still doing the same things. We amen. We we're, we're going through the motion, but when Jesus is Lord, when you can call him Kurios, oh I wish I had you. When you can call him Kurios, it means that he's Lord. That he's ruling in my life. And I told you that curiosity phrase, the curiosity fra- phase of your life, watch this. And if you're not convinced, come on somebody, you will not have a converted life. And some of us are still not convinced. Amen. And I want to tell you something, that's not a good place to be. Watch what he says next. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And watch this. And he said, I am Ego Imai Christos. <laughs> Ego Imai Christos. He wanted to know. He says, I am Jesus. Come on, somebody. You know what? God had another plan. And, and watch this. For some of us, he had to have a divine revelation. Watch this. Jesus had already been ascended. All right? And here he is hearing The divine voice. Come on, somebody. For some of us, the only way we're going to get off the sidelines is if we get divine revelation. Can I ask you something? Has God revealed anything to you to prove to you that He's real? He says, He says, I am, let's just stop right there. What did he say? I am who I say I am. That's what he told the children of Israel. When, when, when they asked you who I am, he said, well, who sent me, Moses? He said, who sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And may I say this to you? In God's plan, he wants to reveal to you himself. And so as a result of you understanding who he is, then you understand who, who the Lord is over your life. But until you come to understand the I am in your life, come on somebody. Listen, listen, listen. Some of us don't really understand this I am situation. Because when he says I am, see, that's, the, that's a powerful name. That's, when he says I am who I say I am, and that settles it. And oftentimes, we're looking for more, but God says, I've already revealed who I am to you. And if you and I are going to step up, we may need some divine revelation. Do I have anybody here where God has revealed to you? Listen, until you and I come to know Jesus... I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say it real, real, this is rich. When you come to know Jesus, you will step up because you have nothing else to lose. Because you now possess everything. Woo! You got the I am in your life. You and I have the I am working in our circumstance. We have the I am in my finances. We have the I am in my relationships. I'm going to preach to myself. Listen, we have the I am who is the I am, who's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the beginning and the end. He's the beginning and the end. He is the I am. He says, I am Jesus, he says, let me reveal myself to you. Has God revealed, has Jesus revealed himself to you? Has he? Because if he has, you're not in the inact- on the inactive list anymore. Because with divine revelation, watch this, we move to the divine destination. Come on, somebody. With divine revelation, it will move you to your destiny. With divine revelation, watch this, you will have the determination that failure will not overtake me because because of my divine revelation gives me the fuel that I need to continue living this Christian life. Come what may, and I want to tell you something, God was transforming this man for a purpose. He had bad intentions. He was headed one direction. Some of you were heading to church. Amen. Amen. And in your mind, you wanted to go another direction. And guess what? God said, you better go. (laughs) Amen. And somehow your car just made it into the parking lot and you walked into the house of God. And God is trying to tell you this morning, I have a plan for you. And in that plan, listen, here's the thing. We cannot, listen, you and I cannot keep going if we are not fueled by that divine revelation. Because without that information and that revelation, shoot, we can stay home. But when you come to know Jesus, come on somebody, and when he reveals himself and he shows you how real you are, you don't curse no more. You don't lie no more. You don't go to places that you kind of go there now, but you don't go places really that you used to go no more. You, You don't think like you used to think. You say, well, what happened to me? Divine revelation. Listen, Saul would not have been convinced that he was Jesus had he not had that kind of encounter. May I ask you something? What was your encounter like? Did you just come up and say, I want to accept Christ? Or did you have a revelation? Did you have an encounter with him? Amen. And oftentimes, our view of him after our encounter, watch this, can cause us to become stagnated in the journey. He says, and he said, I am Ego imai. I am Jesus. Ego imai Christos. But look what he says next. He says, I am what? I am Jesus. Now, as I started to look at this, as I started to look, I said, I said, man, he was in darkness. But, but see, his thing, when, when I look at the woman at the well, She had divine revelation, right? She had a divine encounter. But before she could get in the plan and get this living water, she had to recognize her sinfulness. He had to what? Recognize his sinfulness. Why did Jesus say to him, you are what? persecuting me when you have an encounter with Jesus he will tell you all about you you see I know God has another plan for my life you got to know that God has another plan for your life because to accept Jesus it's not just come because he has a wonderful plan for your life Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> It's come because you are a what? Needing what? Salvation. Oftentimes, we don't see what we're doing. We don't. We, you know, we, we may think we're right all the time. We may think that our decisions are right. But it takes divine revelation. It takes Jesus to show you And you're wrong. Why did he have to see that he was sinful? Because in order for him to make Jesus Christos or kurios in his life, he needed to see himself as a sinner. Oh, man. And when Saul saw himself, see, when he was on his way killing Christians... Persecuted Christians, guess what? He thought he was right. And somebody here today, I want to tell you something. You may think what you're doing right now is right. But watch this. It's not coming from the right view. It's not coming from the right motives. And you may want to check that. Because here's the thing. If it's not from a divine revelation position, then you may be making the wrong assessment of your situation. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. We may think that we're fine, that our inactivity in our Christian life is good, but guess what? Jesus sees it differently. Saul saw himself as doing what was right for the law. He had, the, he had secular authorization but God had divine watch this he had a divine plan and what we find is that he's heading on his way and, and Jesus says you are perse-, this word persecute means to crush with violent force that, that goes to show you the intentions that he had listen before we met Jesus, we we had bad intentions, but Jesus, come on somebody, somebody say I was mean I was come on somebody I you couldn't tell me nothing. I was always upset, walking around mad at everybody. but since I met Jesus, listen, he had another plan when my family wrote me off. When my friends wrote me off, when, when my own children couldn't be around me, God says, I transformed your life. How did I transform your life? You came to know me, but you had to see that you were wrong. Here's the problem I told you last week. When you don't listen and you don't have the right view of yourself and you think you're right all the time, then guess what? Something is wrong. Amen. Amen. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He had to recognize, because here's the thing. Had he not recognized his sinfulness, he would have thought that everything was okay. See, there are people who have encounters with Christ, but they never accept him. See, can I ask you a question? When you recognize your sinfulness, what do you do? Some people don't repent. Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting? He says, I am Jesus who you have been, what? Persecuted. He wasn't persecuting Jesus physically, but he was touching one of his. And that is the reason why as believers, we have to be careful how we treat each other. Can you imagine Saul laying on the road, on a dusty road, right? And he's just laying there on the floor, right? And, and let, me, let, me, let me just say this. He's blind. Now he's blind. But he was blind spiritually and, and now he's blind physically. See, when the light comes on, it blinds you, watch this, physically physically so that God can get your attention so you can see him spiritually God had what? another plan watch this, watch what he says he says but what? but get up let me talk talk about that for a minute and I tell you why I want to talk about that because some of us get saved. And before we were in the inactive, unsaved list. Then we get saved and we are on the inactive save list. And God has a plan for you. Do you know that God wants to birth a ministry in you? Do you know what that ministry is going to be about? know what ministry is supposed to be about? Serving others. Some of us are not living the plan because we're preoccupied with other things. Every person in this church and every person listening to this today, when God saved you, he had another plan. I can prove that to you. If it was up to you, you wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> but when God saved you, he invested something. And so he wants you and I, he could have said, all right, Saul, you persecuted persecuting me. Now, come on, get up. Let's, you know, let, let's roll. Oh, stay right there, I'm going to tell you what to do. No, he told him immediately. Watch what he told him immediately. He said what? Get up. I'm going to say it one more time. Get up. And I'm talking to somebody out here this morning. God has another plan for your life. It's time for you. I say step up. God say what? Get up. Aren't you tired of laying on the side of the road? Aren't you tired of laying in that nonsense? Aren't you tired of people telling you what you can't do? Aren't you tired of believing the lies? May I say this to you? It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to step up. It's time for you to rise above where you are and say, God, I'm willing to get up from where I am right now. And guess what? I'm going to do something about where I am. You see... When he told him to get up, the word carries the idea to arise again. But this time, he's not rising as an unsaved man. He's rising as a saved man with all power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. He has the word of God for, as his guide. Come on, somebody. And, and if you're laying down right now, and if you've fallen again, you got to get up. It's time to stop staying there. It's time for you to stop having the pity party. It's time for you to say, I'm for to stand up. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to get up because I have everything I need. I'm rising not as an unsaved man. But maybe today you need to rise as a repented believer. Maybe you need to rise back up again. Maybe you need to get back up again. But when you get back up, you got to remember this. In this journey, you'll be knocked down, but you got to get back up. You're going to be knocked down, but you got to get back up. And when you're knocked down, don't you forget the divine revelation that God had given you the day that you got saved. The problem with us is that we keep forgetting that day. And some of us don't even have a day. We don't remember when we saw our sinfulness and we needed to repent and ask Jesus Christ into our hearts. And then we had the power to live right because the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. Listen, you've been down too long. Why? Because God had another plan. He told him, he said, you know what I need you to do? Yeah, we can sit here and play pity party, Paul. (laughs) We can sit here and say, oh, woe is me and all this other stuff. But look what he says. Immediately he said, get up. Why did he tell him to get up? Because the plan that God has is too important for you to keep sitting on the sidelines. The plan that he has. Listen, you and I, sometimes we are hindering the plan of God because we won't get up. Yeah, I know you've fallen. Yeah, yeah. This word, get up, it's in the imperative mood. You know what the imperative means? It's a command. It's, he's not asking you. He's telling you it's time for you to step up. It's in the Aris tense, but it's in the active voice. And the active voice suggests that the subject, listen, nobody's going to get up for you. I know you want a better opportunity. I know you're looking for a job. I know you're looking for a better opportunity, but nobody's going to get it for you. You have to follow the command. Every time you fall down, remember the voice of Jesus saying, get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. And you got to go. He said, get up and watch this. Watch this, watch this. My next point is this. (laughs) He could not stay down for long. That's got to be your mentality. He could not stay down for long. We're all going to fall. But it's time to get back up. It's time to get proactive. It's time to become prayerful. It's time to get back into your devotions. Come on, somebody. It's time to lead your family in prayer. It's time to stop accepting the lies of Satan. You've had a divine revelation. You have inspiration. You've had God save your soul. And now it's time for you to get up. Watch this. He says, get up and enter the what? The city and it will be told you. I'm going to stop right there. You see, Saul's life will be lived on God's terms, not his. The next point is what? He had to now live according to God's plan. May I ask you a question? Have you abandoned the plan? Because the feeling is gone? Paul says, I've been beaten times with our number. Shipwrecked. Did he give up? No. But he says, I'm still going. God changed his name to Paul because he had a plan. You see, he says, it will be told you. Enter the city. So you know what that means? Wherever you are right now is where you're supposed to be. In other words, God has a locational, geographical will for you. Where you're supposed to be, if you're not there, you'll miss what God has for you. But he says, enter the city and it will be told what to do. You know why? You think God had another plan? I think he did. And then he says, it will be told you, this is the part that really got me right here. It will be told you what you must. Look look, look at that. Look at that. That's an imperative Arist. It means he didn't have a choice. So here's the thing. The last point is (laughs) <laughs> he didn't have a choice. You know, I would rather God make my, make, making my choices and telling me where I must go and what I must do. Some of us are clueless of our purpose. But if you were to listen to the voice of God and if you were to really examine where you are right now, you are where you are, accept it. And when you and I get good with God's will, God will reveal the rest of the plan to you. And as I close today, I want to tell you something, saints. I don't mind God telling me what I must do. The question is, are you obedient to what you must do? Are you doing what you must do? Some of us have gifts and talents and we are so gifted in certain areas, but you know what we do? We quit. We won't serve. We won't, we won't serve. A young new banker president made an appointment to meet his soon-to-retire predecessor to seek advice from him of his new responsibility. And he had one question he asked. He wanted to know how the older gentleman had become so successful. The predecessor looked at him and said two words, good decisions. Good decisions. So the young man kept pressing him. like asking the man, well, how did you come up with that? You know what I mean? Good decisions. Good decisions. He says, the young man wanted more details. He pressed him and pressed him, right? And the predecessor said, Experience allowed me to make good decisions. The young banker continued the line of question, asking him, how could one gain, come to gain experience? The predecessor said, by bad decisions. <laughs> you see, you may have started out making bad decisions, but it's through your bad decision that you gain experience in this journey. You and I have to remember something. Wherever you're headed right now, you got to remember God has another plan. And yeah, you may have messed up and you may have made some bad decisions, but you're more experienced now. Saul, he was experiencing that. But when God got a hold of him, he changed his life with other things.